welcome to Couple of Idgits. This is your daily episode-by-episode podcast where we cover the TV show Supernatural. I am one of your hosts, Dan, and with me, as always, Miss Penny. How are you doing today? Good. How about you? Doing pretty good. Uh, I just got to pull up my notes here. I really should have did this before. Yeah, you should have. I took notes, but Dan thought he'd go without notes this time to see if he could. What was it? You just wanted to concentrate more on the actual. No, yeah. Okay, so I was explaining to Penny. I didn't sit and write down notes uh, like I normally do last night uh, because nor I'm barely watching the TV screen. Instead, I'm looking down at my hand making sure I'm writing in the line. <laughs> <laughs> not very good if I don't look at my hand. My writing will be all over the place. Um, so I just figured, hey, I'll uh, look up the outline online, reference that, and maybe have some other critique of the show or see something else. I don't know. We're going to go see how it goes. If this blows, you can just tell me that I need to go back to my traditional way. Okay, I'm sure it'll be fine, though. Because I like actually being able to watch it, too, and not just be sitting there taking four pages worth of notes. But it's Well, cool. the real problem is, too, when I looked up the synopsis just to make sure it was online, I knew that this was not just an episode that I had seen, but one that I had seen lately for some reason. Uh, I think we're going to get to a character, and you wanted to show me something she'd been in, and so we had watched this like within the last year. A character, something she had been in, like you mean one of the people in the Meg, I, whoever the actress Meg. is that plays Meg, Meg. You wanted to show me Meg, so we actually have sat down and watched this, like not that long ago. Okay. What was that for? You made a crazy face scrunch. Well, I don't know. I don't remember um, specifically watching it to to be introduced to Meg, but we'll get into that later when her character does show up in this episode. So I figured. I can get away without taking notes for a night, and we'll just see how it goes. Hopefully it'll go all right. Oh, <laughs> oh and by the way, I do have some uh, problems with this episode, too, which I will get into later. But just thought you should know ahead of time. Okay. Well, that's, what this, it's, that's why this is a conversation. We don't really have a deadline. So the episode opens up. We're in Burkittsville, Indiana, one year ago. There's a newlywed couple, and they're leaving town. Uh, it looks like the locals helped them with something, and they're, like, pushing a pie on them on the way out the door. Uh, Notice that, pretty obvious, they lay this detail out for you. The guy's got a big crazy tattoo on his arm. And uh, everyone kind of bids farewell. They leave, like, a... It's, it's like a diner and a gas station and a repair store all in one. Yeah, it is. It's kind of like... Yeah, your garage where you have your auto repairs connected to a diner. I don't know. Maybe such a small town, it just <laughs> needs all that one, one it's place. It's like the original Quaker Steak and Lube or something. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> it's kind of odd. But they send them, and then they give them a free pie, too, which, okay, I guess that's cool. Be on your way with a pie, stranger. <laughs> well, so they're driving down the highway, and the couple's self, the car clonks out, and the cell phone doesn't work. Uh, and they just had the car repaired for some reason. They yeah. uh, get out. They think they see a farmhouse nearby. There's a big crazy looking scarecrow. 
on a pole. The scarecrow then like turns his head and moves and looks at him. It's kind of creepy. Very creepy. And they hear some noises, start running. Uh, the guy then disappears, the husband. They're like running through back to the car, I think. She's shouting the name. She stumbles over the corpse of the husband with like his face torn off. Right. And then a shadowy figure closes in on her and we hear her scream. So. Yep. And commercial. <laughs> so someone was pretending to be a scarecrow. No. We'll get into what, what's <laughs> going on later. I mean, Well, I know what's going to go on later. I'm just saying as the viewer, this is what I'm thinking right now. Well, I was, no, when I first saw it, I thought it was, you know, being that it's supernatural, I thought it was, uh, I don't want to say possessed, but, you know, either a spirit, someone, a vengeful spirit, or possibly a demon or something like that. That was my first thought when I first watched it. See, and I was thinking right away, Texas Chainhouse Massacre style. I thought that the <laughs> creepy couple in town were sending him away with a poison pie. <laughs> Because, I mean, you you send me down the road with a whole pie, my fingers are going into that thing. <laughs> um, they die alongside the road and get scooped up. So when there's, like, stuff conked out and then there was just the guy hanging there, I mean, he wasn't, like, it's not a scare for crow that looks like it's crucified like Christ or anything. It's just got his arms over the back of a railing. Yeah, it's, you know, the <coughs> what he's on and is... it's standing. Right, right. What he's on does look like a cross, but like Dan said, it's not like he was nailed up there, just kind of hanging there with his arms around the, the T part of the cross. And and there was like a little foot bar across the bottom that the dude was standing on. I was just like, oh, okay. So they just tricked him into going to Leatherface's house. Right. <laughs> and that is what he looked like. Which too. actually then ends up to be a reference later in the show. So, okay. Do you want to, let's, let's move on. Okay. So yeah, we come back from commercial. Uh, I switched up my home. I, I bundled my home and auto. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in, we're in the present. Uh, they're at the hotel. Sam and Dean are at the hotel. Sam yeah. at the hotel. Yep. Sam and Dean are at the hotel. Cell phone rings. Sam takes a call and it's dad. Uh, talks to dad. Sure, Sam, that everything's okay, but has to trust him. Can't reveal where he's at. He doesn't want him coming after. Uh, he does say that it is a demon that he's chasing down and it is what killed their mother and that they should stay away yeah it's also yeah what killed um their mother mary and sam's girlfriend jess and because i think john at this point was afraid for their safety and said yeah don't follow me don't come looking for me anymore um, i've got to take care of this basically on his own yeah says stop looking for me and uh, write down these names see i mean he's got a job he's he doesn't want them dicking around. So Dean takes down this list of names, and it's three couples that have disappeared over a three-year period on the same day in April. Right. Um, yeah, usually because it was like the first week, in, week of April, sometime right around there, that these three couples di disappeared. Yeah, <laughs> so Sam and Dean, they'll get in a fight over if they're actually going to follow their dad's orders or not. And they end up breaking up alongside the road. Uh Sam gets out and starts walking to California, and Dean accuses him of being selfish and takes off in the car without Sam. Right. Right? Yes, that is what happened, because Sam's like, I don't care if Dad said not to look for him. I want to find him. Um, you can go do 
be the good little soldier boy that you always are, Dean, and follow his orders without question, but I'm going to keep looking for him, so screw you. <laughs> yeah. So next thing we see is Dean, he's pulling into Burkittsville, and he flips open his phone, thinks about calling Sam, doesn't. Meets up with a local man named Scotty. Man claims not to recognize any of the pictures of the couples. He, he brought pictures with, and... They didn't recognize him, but we know because we saw this Scotty and one of the people in the pictures already together. Right, because it was Scotty's cafe that he was sitting on in front of. So we know he knew the couple, at least the last couple that disappeared because they are sitting in his cafe and he's the one that gave him the free pie, I believe. Yeah, yep. So not just yeah, but um, their niece is going to bust them here in a minute. But before that, Sam... We go back to Sam, who's hitchhiking, and stumbles across this cute blonde girl, who's also hitchhiking, going the same way as he is. Yeah, so this is where we meet Meg. Um, yeah, we don't know her name yet. We just know she's some girl hitchhiking. Right, yeah, she didn't tell, didn't tell Sam her name at this point. Just Yeah, they're both heading the same direction, and both hitchhiking and wanting to get out of Dodge, basically. So we flip back to Dean, and he's at... Scotty Jorgensen's Cafe and Auto Repair Center. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they got one of those mini Taco Bells <laughs> in there, too. Um, and the couple's niece comes out, though, and she sees the pictures and recognizes the tattoos and calls them out as, yeah, you remember these guys. They were the newlyweds last year. The ones you gave all of the freaking pie to. Yeah. Well, I don't know if she calls out the pie, but. No, no. Yeah, because, you know, Dean is, is at this point questioning, happens to be her aunt and uncle. Um, if he, if they recognize these people and they say no, and that's when the niece goes, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, because I remember that tattoo pretty much. And then they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, they were having car troubles. They stopped and we gave them directions out of town. Yeah, all of a sudden their memory was jogged really clearly. Yeah. Uh, Dean then heads out of town. His EMF meter go is going off. I guess he just leaves the thing running in the back seat. He happened, yeah, just happened to be on in the back seat, and he hears it go off. He's like, ooh, there's a lot of uh, spiritual activity going on around here, and he happened to be driving by an apple orchard. So he pulls over, and what do you know? He spots the scarecrow again, and he calls the scarecrow fugly, and that seemed to be like... Called out a bit. Is that a thing that gets repeated? Is he him calling things fugly? No, I believe this is the only time he's ever called anything fugly. Huh. Okay. It just really seemed to have an exclamation point on it. Well, he's like, dude, you are fugly. So, yeah, I mean. <laughs> and it's obviously the concatenation of a naughty word that you wouldn't be able to say on the CW network. Right. <laughs> and ugly. Right. So it's kind of odd. Yeah. But, Okay. I, I was kind of curious when he said that, if this it turns into an ongoing thing. No, Dean does have a go-to phrase, but that's not it. Okay. So he looks at the scarecrow, and it it's a dried-up human being. And he pulls up even the, ri the uh, sleeve on it, and you can see the tattoos that the guy had. So we know that it's right, the guy from the year before. The guy that disappeared, yes, one year ago. Uh, so climbs off and just climbs down and heads back into town to talk to Emily. 
And now this is where I think you and I kind of cracked up because him going back to town, it keeps reminding of us. Uh, they run into people. <laughs> they talk to him for a bit. They leave. Then they come back to bug him some more. I mean, it really is like Columbo. <laughs> they just keep coming back and annoying him until they give up their secrets. Just one more question, if you don't mind. I think that's Columbo's line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he had to get uh, more information because he was curious about, one, the scarecrow, and because the EMF got off, got off went off, he was kind of like curious as to, hmm, is there anything strange about this apple orchard that I should know about? Well, she, this Emily reveals that... Um, it's her aunt and uncle that took him in and that the town seems seemingly blessed, like nothing bad ever happens in that town. While other towns around them are having crop failures and economic hardships, their town never has any of these issues, social issues. Right. Their town has very blessed, I guess. She doesn't know how, she doesn't know why, but she's just grateful to be there. Um, she mentioned to Dean that her, I believe her parents died in a car accident, and that's why she was now living with her aunt and uncle in this town. Yep. Uh, okay, so then we get done there, f finding out that this town's creepy. And we go back to Sam, and Sam is unable to get a bus out of town. It's like the next bus isn't coming until 5.30 the next day or something, and he's annoyed. And what do you know? There's Meg again he runs into, the same person over. Yeah, she's apparently uh, looking for a bus ticket, too, uh, because um, she's going to head out. To, she was allegedly heading out to California, and Sam just happened to be heading out to California. So they were going to, I guess, go together, it seemed like, once they got to talking and got to know each other. Yep. And we switch back to Dean. He's back in uh, Scotty's Cafe Car Shop. Emporium, <laughs> <laughs> pool filters <laughs> and accessories. Uh, goes back to the cafe and starts, just meets a young couple that's sitting there. And now he's pieced it all together that, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming he's pieced it all together that it's these young couples, it's this time of the year, this town's creepy. Here's another couple that's having car trouble. And this is the same M.O. that he's hearing from uh, the previous people that went missing. Exactly. So he tries his darndest to uh, warn them or um, the car trouble that they're having is something about their brake line. And Dean's like, hmm, it's going to take them till tonight to get that fixed. Tech, I can do it for a couple hours. I'm not charged yet. And they're like, no, thank you. And Scotty's kind of gives Dean the stink guy, tells him to quit bothering this nice young couple they're trying to eat. Yeah, and then Scotty calls the sheriff and who runs Dean out of town literally. He's got the lights on like he would be pulling Dean over, and Dean's just hauling ass out of town in his car. And then the cop just turns around and drives back to town. That seems odd, <laughs> evading the police. You'd think they would have continued pursuit. Well, he probably only went as far as its jurisdiction, so um, I don't know. Because they are three miles outside of town, so maybe he figured, oh, this is good enough. He'll keep going. <laughs> <laughs> he does not know Dean Winchester. <laughs> At uh, all. So Sam and we're back then to uh, Sam and Meg, who are chatting over just their background. She's got family issues. Sam has similar problems. So they seem to be bonding. Go back then at nightfall, then we're back with Dean, and 
while this new couple, they, uh, they, what do you know, they had car troubles, they got pulled over, and they started being stalked by the scarecrow man. Dean yeah. shows up because he knows that that's what's going to happen. Right. Um, open, see now, here's where all my notes are falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> They're chasing through the, the orchard. Dean then opens up the shotgun, blasts it three times. It does nothing. There's no effect. But once they get out to the road, back to the car, the scarecrow man disappears. Yeah, he must have a, some sort of range to his uh, spookiness or what I want to call <laughs> his remote control. The, the remote control range doesn't go any farther than the, edge of the apple orchard, I guess. <laughs> Dean finally checks in with Sam. They talk. They conclude that the scarecrow is a manifestation of a pagan god, and it takes the uh, these couples as a fertility sacrifice. So, all of it's put together. They apologize to each other. Um, Dean admits that Sam has to do his own thing, and he admires for standing up. Dean then goes and meets with the local professor to provide some more information on Norse gods. And he just coughs up all the information. There's a Scandinavian god. Um, it's not a god, though. It's some sort of protector, a Vandar. A Vanir is how it's pronounced. Vanir. I was looking it up. It's a, and I was looking this information up earlier. It's a subsection of Norse gods. Um, but, yeah, it's the gods of prosperity, fertility, things like that. If you're uh, familiar with the term, uh, the name Freya, she's one of the gods that is a veneer, and she's a, the goddess of fertility in Norse mythology. And come to find out that it gets its power from a sacred tree that would be planted, I guess. Right, and it must have yearly sacrifices, and so that's why these couples go missing every year, and that's why the town is blessed. So Dean thanks him for the help, heads out of the room where the sheriff knocks him right on his ass with the butt of his gun to his forehead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that jump scare got me. I was like, oh! <laughs> I know it's coming. I've seen the episode a few times. <laughs> I'm just going to start expecting them to be catching guns in the face while leaving doors. <laughs> so back at the town, they're the townsfolk, Scotty and his wife, uh, I think pretty much everyone in town that we've seen besides Emily. They're discussing what to do with Dean. And they're discussing how this thing is going to be angry because there's no sacrifice being made yet. And they've run out of females, so Emily's going to have to be sacrificed with Dean. Yeah, at this point they have Dean handcuffed down. Looks like in a root cellar of some sort. And then pretty soon you, there comes Emily. She's down there and she's why are you guys doing this to me? What are you doing? And then the old Star Trek line. <laughs> I forget what it was now. Outweigh, what The good of the many outweighs the good of the few. Or they, yeah, she, it wasn't quite exactly it, but it was the ex pretty much the exact same sentiment. The, the good of the f many outweigh the good of the few or the one. Right. Something. Yeah. So that's um, why... Even though it was hard for the aunt and uncle to sacrifice their niece, they just, it's for the good of the town. The town has to prosper, and if she doesn't do it, well, the whole town's going to be screwed, so therefore it's for the greater good. Yeah, it was the definition of sacrifice. What a bunch of kooks. 
So the bus arrives. We're back with Sam and Meg. Their bus shows up, but Sam then decides to go to Burkittsville, and Meg becomes fucking unglued. She is just like, well, what do you mean? Why aren't you going? He just... She flips out on him. Right. And Sam says, you know, I've been trying to get a hold of my brother for the past three hours. He isn't picking up his phone. Something must be wrong. Of course, at this point, Meg has no idea why Dean is where he is and what he's doing. And Sam knows, hey, if Dean's not answering his phone, he must be in some sort of trouble. I got to get back and help him. Now, right here, I was tipped off that there was something spooky about Meg because why would she care so damn much she was just adamant that he needs to go with her it's just like oh shut up lady you just met yesterday right <laughs> and, and, and you left me on the side of the road when some hitch with some guy in a van picked yeah, you up she's not cool so a panicked emily has been ignorant thus far as to what's been going on well i did not write that note <laughs> <laughs> someone with way too many words on their hands did um dean figures out well they grab emily they throw her down in the root cellar dean tells her what's going on and uh they talk about the first tree and if she would know where it is and said it was heard of some sort of sacred tree or first tree but didn't know exactly where it was but she did figure it had to be in the apple orchard somewhere yeah uh, so the locals show up, they take him to the orchard, they tie him up near the scarecrow man, the veneer, and then some funny lines in here because right away the girl's like, you know, are you, you going to help us get out of here? What are you doing to help us get out of here? And he says, I'm working on a plan. And then it, then it's now like dark. It looks like it's three hours later <laughs> right. and she's like. So are we going to be able to get out of here? And he's like, I'm working on a plan. Yeah, he's Same right. exact words. <laughs> Dean's been working on a plan for quite a few hours and has nothing. But they're just tied in ropes. I mean, he should have been like grinding at them or doing something, try to break free. It's weird that they, he was just sitting still. Yes, because usually they do. Was it ropes? Yeah, it was ropes. It wasn't even like a handcuffs no. or anything like that. No, it was just some old crappy ropes. Yeah, you start grinding away on him, rubbing him back and forth on the tree. Yeah. He I don't know why I didn't do that. Yeah, he had plenty of time to try it at least. Uh, well, it's dark. They start hearing creepy noises. And it's Sam. He showed up. He knew right where they were at. Right, The orchard, the tree, everything. Yeah, that was amazing that he knew exactly where they were. Well, you know... I thought about this last night, too, but then I thought he would know because he knew from talking with Dean where the people went missing. It was somewhere in the apple orchard. And so I guess he surmised, put two and two together. I can't get a hold of Dean. This is what usually happens. Therefore, Dean must be in this apple orchard somewhere. Yeah, he must knew be in Dean trouble. would be going there. So, so that's, that's my that's thought true. on how he was to able to be there right when they needed him. So they uh, run off through the orchard, planning to come back in the morning to torch the tree. I think this is where that line, uh, Dean says, let's get out of here before Leatherface gets us. Yes, he did. The locals show up, though, uh, with guns and surround him. Emily begs the aunt and uncle to let him go. But while she's begging the aunt and uncle, Scarecrow Man goes and stabs uh, the uncle through the chest with his sigh. Mm-hmm. Grabs the ant and then sticks the sigh in the dude's foot and just walks off. It was pretty brutal. 
Yep, so he got his sacrifice staff for out. It wasn't a young couple, but at least it was a couple. Uh, the townspeople run off. Everyone gets clear the next morning. Then they go back. They find the first tree. It was inscribed with some sort of runes, so they were pretty sure that it was it. They go and torch it, and Emily insists on lighting it herself. Then we see Emily gets on a bus. Sam tells Dean that he's staying with him and that they're going to go finish it together. Yeah, he decides to stay, help Dean with whatever jo hunting job that they um, happen upon. And said, you know, we'll kind of keep looking for dad in the background, but that's not going to be our priority anymore right now. And that's when it feels like this episode's done. Like, this is the natural conclusion to all of these episodes and the story structure. It always ends with these two chit-chatting and then that's it. But we get one more scene here. Uh, there's Meg driving off with some guy in a van, which I thought she was supposed to be on a bus, but now she's in a van. <laughs> Asks him to pull over. Uh, and the guy thinks that he's going to get lucky because uh, he's got like, ooh, baby, eyes on him. <laughs> yeah. And Meg so is she needs to make a call. Uh, the guy offers cell phone. She smiles and says, not that kind of call. Pulls out this creepy silver goblet with like all these faces in it. And then takes a knife, cuts the guy's throat, catches blood in the cup, and then starts like talking into the cup. Like she then she's using the cup for a cell phone. <laughs> and says yes yes father yeah and she's kind of upset she's like i could have had i had sam i could have had them both i think she wanted to kill both sam and dean right then and there but her father whoever he may be had other plans and you know he was pretty okay with them not her not killing them and them getting away so at this point we figure out meg is not your cute little girl next door she is a demon yeah, which I picked up on because she was screwed. I mean, she just showed up alongside the road anyways, and then how she freaked out when she when Sam wasn't going to go. Yeah, I was like, okay, there's something creepy with this chick. So Yeah, there's a reason she wanted to get Sam to go with her and not let him go do whatever. Right, so uh, in general, though, you looked up this Venar thing and all of that story that's like actual norse mythology yes it is actual norse mythology uh, interesting so yep uh yeah this story though I, it's in a lot of things the wicker man wasn't this the same story in that movie that was uh, like a remake even of a 1970s movie i i haven't seen that movie i don't know yeah it's like some weird old timey village that sacrificed people uh yeah i for a better harvest <laughs> i think it's probably the same thing probably you know and of course we have the smoking man in this episode from x files yes he played the professor that that dean went and talked to about uh, trying to figure out what this thing was and how they could possibly kill it so anytime the smoking man is in something else, it's really hard to get that character out of your head. He kind of <laughs> plays the same guy in everything. Right. It, it is kind of hard. Uh, I saw him in something else where he actually played a good guy, and I can't remember what it is now. But, yeah, whenever I see him, I just think of evil smoking man from X-Files. Yeah. Um, at least Negan isn't not so much since John Winchester is more fat Negan. Yes. Yes. He's, he's got quite the dad bod. Yeah. He doesn't look hardcore. Like yeah, Negan does. true, true. 
he's more of uh, his character in that movie, Watchmen, because uh, the the comedian, the comedian was pretty chunky too. <laughs> yeah, the comedian was chunky as well. Man, that's weird. He was like out of shape for this. Then he got in shape but was fat for Watchmen. And then he got in shape and skinny for Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Yeah. Huh. But I always think of him as my John Winchester, not Negan. Because I don't like Negan and I love John. (laughs) Uh, Negan kicks ass. Yes, he does. If everyone would have just listened to him from day one, there would have been a lot less problems in that show. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't agree with that, but whatever. That's a different show. just followed the damn rules. <laughs> <laughs> the rules were very simple. <laughs> the rules sucked. Well, you didn't have a giant baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> So this was the first, I'm just reading here as like interesting things. This was the first odd-numbered episode not to feature a ghost. <laughs> do people really pay attention to that? I'm sure they do. I, I hadn't quite honestly, but I'm sure they do. Um, let's see. Well, because we know that um, the first one was, of course, woman in white, <coughs> ghost. Uh, second one was a Wendigo. The third one, yeah, the ghost of the little kid. The fifth one was a Bloody Mary. Uh, let's see. What, uh, this was number seven was Hookman. Not really a ghost, but kind of. I yeah, suppose. totally a ghost. Uh, Hookman. We won't talk about season eight. Uh, or s- episode eight. Episode nine. Yep, home. Definitely a ghost. Two ghosts, as a matter of fact. The poltergeist and Mary. And so, yeah. Another ghost or spirit or, s- or not a ghost. Just a different kind of uh, Norse god of fertility who wants his yearly sacrifices. Now, here's the thing I have problem with the episode. This is supposed to be first week of April. Why in the hell were there ladders and baskets for harvesting apples in April? Everyone knows you don't harvest apples or anything in the spring. That happens in the fall. Yeah, everything did look like it was more in October than April. Exactly, exactly. But they specifically said first week of April is when this happened, so we know it was spring. (laughs) Yeah, and all those pies are made with canned fruit. (laughs) (laughs) All these fresh pies she's given out, that's frozen or fresh fruit or frozen or canned fruit. Well, they could have, you know, canned the apples from the fall before, but yeah, you never know. It wasn't like they picked them off the tree and sliced them up and put them in a pie. No, that was not a fresh apple pie. <laughs> yeah, that's bizarre. So that was my one, yeah, that was my only issue with this episode. Everything else, totally believable. Trust me. There was a, there was an, another nitpick at the very beginning, because at the very beginning scene, when that couple, their their car breaks down, and their cell phone doesn't work. So I'm imagining there's no electricity. But then when they're like running, then when they're running through the orchard, you can see their car headlights like they like they had drove into the orchard. And you can see the car in the background now with the headlights on. And it's like, hey, wait, they were alongside the road and the car was dead. Why is it now in the orchard with the lights on? I don't know. I have to go back and look at that again because I didn't notice that part of it. Yeah. 
I guess. Just it's just continuity, you know. They probably set up and shot half of it one day and shot the other half the other day and nobody paid attention to if the lights were on or off. Kinda like the last season of Game of Thrones. No one really gave a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts wrappers and cups everywhere. <laughs> Water bottles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That is terrible how Game of, Game of Thrones, what a great show. But, man, the last season, you can just tell nobody gave a fuck. No, they really didn't. You're like, oh, this is it. It's over. We're like, can we just film this crap and get out <laughs> of here? So, any more thoughts for you? Because I have no more thoughts. Just my, you know, thing with the apple orchard. And it's only April, and it looked like they were harvesting. So, do does human sacrificing the North Scots does it work? Is that real? Yes. Oh, yeah. Vikings <laughs> are big into human sacrifices. Yes. Whether whether it really helped or not, I don't know. They thought it did. So, you know, placebo okay, so effect. people really did, but did it really help? I would. <laughs> I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really, really help. This is our, this is our discussion of uh, is Supernatural real or not. Totally on believable. scale of one to ten, then this is pretty low in the... No, Supernatural itself is totally, it's a, it's high, high ten, high, almost an eleven. I don't think you know. Unbelievability for Supernatural, yeah. Okay. Sam and Dean are real, too. Just thought you should know. All right. Fine. <laughs> don't answer my question. That's fine. No. I, well, and obviously, it, in this episode, yes, it did help the town because they were very prosperous. They were blessed, as Emily said. Um, in real life, yes, the Vikings did have human sacrifices. Did it actually help with their harvest? Prob if they had a good year, I'm sure like, oh, you know, Freya f smiled upon us and we're all having these wonderful babies and they're all having this beautiful harvest and all this stuff, but... Did it actually, actually do anything? No, of course not. All right. And there you have it. All right. I got the and rundown of your pagan beliefs. And good. that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So what's the next episode? Uh, season one, episode 12 is Faith. And Ooh, oh, George Michael's song? Yeah, no. That's all I'm going to say. It's about a faith healer, if I recall correctly. All right. Should be interesting. Yes. yes like the Perry Mason lady? Um, and he's talking about the new series Perry Mason, not the 60s series Perry Mason. Um, no. Well, yes, like her. She's supposed to be a faith healer. This, this guy is a faith healer. So. See, faith healers. All right. Fun, fun. Let's watch it. We'll be back tomorrow. Yes, we will. Have a good day, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>